Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. All right, San Francisco, kind of a weird city. We've talked about it. Uh, the West Coast is kind of strange. L.A., San Francisco, of course, uh, just weird towns uh, relative to the rest of the country. And uh, we're known, we, and that's uh, anybody who lives on the West Coast, particularly those three, two areas, basically. Bay Area, Los Angeles, Orange County area. Uh, we're pretty liberal. Maybe not so much Orange County. But uh, when it comes to sort of crazy ideas, uh, progressive, and that is in quotes, progressive concepts, uh, yeah, right there at the top of the heap. So there is now uh, a move in San Francisco by uh, the officials to start up a red light district. And uh, this is a mission district where there's a... Uh, a fair amount of homeless, a lot of poor people, and a lot of sex workers ply their trade. I love the fact they call them sex workers. Uh, where I come from, they're hookers. Okay, it's not that complicated. Hookers hook. And John's John. But yeah, I can't do that anymore because that's uh, politically incorrect. So they are now sex workers. Okay, so a lot of sex workers ply their trade in that area and it's of course totally unregulated and what a move is is to follow what amsterdam does amsterdam has that red light district which is extraordinary it is a district that literally has uh and i won't say houses of prostitution because they're it's not like the bunny ranch uh these are all independent contractor women and it's fascinating to see there's the little two-story little buildings where uh, it's, it, it, imagine a large picture window with a door to the side or a door in front and maybe a room on top or a room behind and then there are uh, blinds in the window. And when the hookers are ready to advertise their wear, they just roll up the blinds and some have neon lights there, very well lit, uh, red lights, uh, whatever it is, and they're dressed in lingerie, and they basically advertise themselves. And it ranges, and I've been there, it's a tourist attraction, actually. 
And I have been there, and uh, the hookers range all the way from some of the most beautiful women you've ever seen down to uh, where if you are sighted, uh, you're in a lot of trouble. It is for every taste you can imagine. And it's all regulated. And it's all taxed. And the hookers have to have a medical clearance every month and be tested. I mean, it really does work. And so the argument is uh, what the city official saying, why don't we do that? I mean, that's the way. I mean, you're never going to stop prostitution. It's the oldest profession. You've heard that many times. And it just makes all the sense in the world. Tax, cleanliness, uh, you don't have pimps running around. I mean, all of the negatives of uh, just independent hookers or uh, part of uh, these brothels, illegal brothels. So as you can imagine, you think there are one or two conservatives that are saying, no, thank you. It is evil. It is demoralizing. Uh, the women are all abused. That's a given. There's no such thing as a woman who wants to be a hooker because she wants to be a hooker. Have you ever noticed that? Now, the number of women who are abused, absolutely. Number's pretty high. Number of women who came from broken homes and decided to go hooking. I guess that's a verb. To go hooking. We have hooked. We will hook. They shall hook. They are hooking. I guess so. That works as a verb, doesn't it? So there is a high number, but you know, it's like, it, it, let me make an analogy here. And uh, please don't misunderstand that I'm uh, comparing uh, surrogate mothers to hookers. Uh, I've been involved in surrogate parenting from uh, 1980. I wrote my first surrogate mother contract. And one of the arguments uh, that were made by religious conservatives were that surrogate mothers could not make the choice to be surrogate mothers but for themselves, by themselves. They had to be abused. They had to be coerced. They had to do it under duress. There's no such thing as a woman making a conscious choice to do this. Likewise, on the other side, the sexual side, they're really separated, uh, that there's no such thing as a woman who make, can make a conscious choice to do this. It is one of the most sexist, misogynist concept I've ever heard in my life. So I'm a, obviously a huge fan of this. And, uh, I mean, I'll never do that. I can't afford it. You know? Um, or the one one time, I have to admit it, one time uh, when I was very lonely, I feel like Simon and Garfunkel with the boxer. I was so lonesome there. I took some comfort. I was so lonesome. I took some comfort there. And let me tell you how embarrassing it is to have a hooker go, you know what? It's Saturday night. I've done really well tonight. I really don't need it. You know, no thanks. I'm good. So let me tell you what your self-esteem is like when a hooker turns you down. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and take a, a phone call or two. Is that okay? Uh, here we go. Let's start with Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Yes. I'm the trustee, and one of the beneficiaries made a personal loan to a sister and a niece who are also beneficiaries. They've refused to repay their loans. The one sister has asked me to repay their loans out of the distributions from the trust. Can I do that? Nope. All you can do is follow the terms of the trust. And unless there are specific terms that say, uh, that give one sister the power, the ability to say, if there is a loan, she's entitled to it back from the proceeds that go to the other beneficiary, you can't do it. Uh, you can only distribute pursuant to the terms of the trust and the sister who uh, made the loan 
she can just sue for non-repayment. That's it. If she if she gets them to sign a uh, oh yeah, no, she gets them. No, yeah, if she, yeah, if she gets them to sign off, uh, then there's no issue because all the beneficiaries okay. are agreeing. So that's not a problem. Effectively, a loan is amended, and it's the beneficiaries. So that's not a problem. But get them to sign off on it. Uh, you betcha. Uh, Carol, hello, Carol. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Bill. Um, December 31st of 22, my daughter and I signed a uh, contract to have some windows installed. Uh, at the time, they asked for a $200 deposit. They gave us a four-hour presentation when they told us it was going to be like 60 minutes. Um, <clears throat> so we, we went ahead and signed up. They wanted, I have six windows, and they started out with $15,000. And I said, there's no way I can I can afford that. That's why my daughter is signing up with me. Um, and we got them down to $12,900. Anyway, two weeks later, uh, the measuring guy comes and presented me with a second contract, which apprehensively I did sign, but I also wrote right next to my signature, major damage to my shutters would be unacceptable. Uh, a couple of days later, the consultant that was here um, called me and he said that they needed me to sign another contract substituting that without my comment without my written comment and i said no i will not do that because i want protection for my shutters that was the main argument um so um later on the the consultant said that they had um I'm sorry, I'm all over the place here. Um, I just wanted protection for my shutters. I have uh, vinyl shutters, and they're in really good condition, uh, except for the sun damage, but they're very good condition after 10 years. So the consultant later st stated that they had been burned before with this person that... Okay, uh, you got to speed it up a little bit, uh, Carol. All right, so what happened? So I want I want to know how I, I keep telling them. But just don't sign I, it. No, I you say no. No, you just say no. You say, hey, it's I'm keeping it in there. Or I'm not signing the contract. I'm That's not. what I told them. That's it. Then you're done. Then you're them. done. Then you're finished. And you go, you're not going you, to you're do this. Now, they can say it doesn't matter that we're going to go to the other mm -hmm. contract. We're going to go to the contract before that because I don't know why you keep on signing contract after contract. That makes no sense uh, because at some point, they, you know, you, you get the word that maybe you shouldn't do that. So you're on the previous contract. And by the way, major damage to your shutters. They're liable for it anyway. That's what their contract says. We're not liable they for can, any No, no. And they can say that. But if they do major damage, what if they punch holes through mm -hmm. your wall? What if they break your right. window? What if they, uh, you know, insulation goes? Uh, and what if a, a, a water line breaks or short circuit happens and they run into electrical uh, electrical lines? No, you can't waive that. You can say they're not damaged. They're basically, they're basically responsible for all their damage unless it is normal damage that happens. That's why they won't accept my statement. Then just don't. Then, then then don't have them. Stop them right there. Say I want my money back. Okay. Let's my stop. Money back. Yeah. Just say I want my deposit back. Yeah, I want my deposit back. And if say we're keeping it, then you take them to small claims court for the deposit. That's all. That's easy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's easy. All right. There you go. Then go ahead and sign fifteen contracts, one after another after another, uh, because that's that's a good sign, isn't it? Jolene. Hello, Jolene. Welcome. Hi. Thank you, Bill. 
Uh, my father passed, and the neighbor who lived across the street from him offered to buy his my father's house, and we agreed, and it went through probate. And meanwhile, while this probate's going on, he went and refinanced his home to buy this house. And we don't have a contract. He never gave us money down. And so now, um, right when probate finished, we received another offer. And we took the higher offer. And now the neighbor is suing us for promissory estoppel. Wow. He hasn't gone to court yeah, yet, but... Yeah, he's going to have a problem. He's going to have a problem. First of all, uh, all purchases, when it comes to real estate, have to be in writing. They have to be in writing. Oh. Now, promissory okay. estoppel is another concept, this concept in equity, uh, which is a whole different, uh, it's a whole different ba- uh, basis of law. I'm going to give you a little comment. I'm getting a little, uh, uh, a little bit of history. That's what I want to tell you. Okay. Okay. All right. Go back. Okay. To com- go back to common law, uh, where we all get it from England. You know, Magna Carta and all that. And there were two types of court. Uh, two types of courts. There was something called the common law court, just the law as it's written. Boom, 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 boom. Sometimes orally. Then there's something called equity. Equity is, hey, this is what's fair. You know, for example, uh, I repair your house. Uh, there is no contract. Uh, it's, uh, there's no proof that I did it, except obviously I did it. All right. Mm. Uh, and I don't have a contract. I can't sue under a contract in common law, but I can sue under equity. What's Mm. fair. So what he is arguing, and by the way, there were two separate courts and then they merged. So now, uh, it's one court that handles both. You can either sue in equity, for example, this one, that's a lawsuit, promissory estoppel, uh, which is an equity issue, or you can sue on a contract. Common law rule, you can't, uh, unless there's a written contract, you can't do real estate. Does that supersede equity, an equity concept? I don't know. There is a promissory mm. estoppel. I'll tell you one thing, you're going to need a lawyer. You're going to need a real estate lawyer, that I guarantee you, because uh, what is okay. what he's trying to do, he's basically saying stop the sale of uh, the house to the highest bidder. And you're arguing uh, there's no contract. Nothing stops no me. Contract. Right. However, he is saying, uh, out of fairness and equity, you promised me and I refied my house to pay for it. Don't you think it's fair? And you're going to say, we don't care. Yeah. We don't care. And he relied on it. So, uh, that's what he's saying. yeah, and that's that's the basis of his lawsuit. Mm. And what is the difference between what he paid and uh, w- uh, what he offered and what you got for the house. What's that difference? It's like ha- 50%. The, the, we sold the house for twice as much. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. And it just, just as probate finished, we received okay. the offer. We weren't looking for it. Okay. It just All came right. and then so then the other the then, partner said. Okay. Then the other, yeah. then the other yeah. argument is he's going for promissory estoppel so he can buy the house. It's so far less value that, in fact, there was never a meeting of the minds. That it doesn't make any uh, sense. It was a mistake. Uh, I'm not going to sell you something uh, that's worth $100,000 for $50,000. That's not fair. Mm. That's not fair either. Mm. You need a lawyer. You need okay. a lawyer. By the way, I failed that part of the bar exam. I just want to let you know. <laughs> oh, no. All right? Just, uh, just to give you a quick one. Yeah. A real estate lawyer, because that does get pretty complicated. But that's one of the more interesting parts of the law, the history part. Equity versus common law. And then there's statutory law. 
Uh, so you've got that, and it's just, it's fascinating how it all works sometimes. Oh, right. All right. Uh, Samuel, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Samuel. Yes, Bill. Um, thank you. Um, I had an issue with my car. Um, this is a 2004 uh, Toyota Avalon. I was on my way. I actually just registered the car. I was going to go do smoke. So I scheduled an appointment with a mechanic workshop. Um, prior to the day, this was on Wednesday to Thursday when I was going to take the car to the workshop. On my way to work at night, the car broke down, the lights just went off, and it won't kick, it won't start. I take it to a, work, to a workshop, and the workshop, they tell me it's the ECM. It's going to cost me about $700. I negotiate with them, comes down 650 They tell me, first week, they tell me, oh, come back, that they're waiting for a part to come through before they can fix the car. Second week, same thing. Third week, when they told me to come, come pick up the car, they tell me the car, they can't fix it. Okay, give me the car, put the car back together, give me my car keys, I'll get the car to your, 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 your yard. They tell me that they can't find my car keys. I'm there with them back and forth from Thursday because I work on Thursday, I get it from work on Thursdays, so I'm there with them Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. Where's my cut the car keys? Manager said he will cut the car keys and he'll give me the car. Cut a long story short, on, I couldn't go there. I was, on Tuesday, I was with them that evening. I had to go to a dealership to go get a car. I never looked for a new car. They said they sent me a text to come pick up the car on Wednesday. I didn't get that text. On Thursday, I go there with my car, with a, with a tow truck. The manager is telling me he told my car to an impound. And he's showing me. Okay, I'd sue him for the value of the car. Okay, you can stop right there. How much is the car worth? 2004, um, what is it? Uh, it's a 2004 Toyota Avalon. A two, well, the car was a, a used car. A yeah. two th what, really a used car? 2004 Avalon? Yes. Okay, so you have a car that's almost 20 years old. Yes. Okay, so the value of the car is probably about $47. And that is um, what you're yes. going to sue for, the value of the car. They basically took your car. That's all. Okay, I took your car. I want my money. Okay? And I I have to go to the impound to get no, the you car don't. the impound. No, you don't. No, you don't. You leave it alone. I, did. I did go to the car because I had my properties in the trunk of the car. You had your what? That's all my personal belongings. Personal okay, and property. you went there and they wouldn't let you have access to it? No, I got access to the car. Okay, so you I got your personal. Car. Okay, so you got your personal story. By the way, when you said this is uh, to make a long story short, this is to make a long story long. I just want to put uh, put it out there. Okay, so you got your personal property. They took your car. They impounded it. It's sitting at the impound yard. It can't be fixed. You sue for the value of a 2004 Avalon, and now we're back to forty-seven dollars. That's all you can get is the value of the car. File the lawsuit. Done. Go to small claims court. That's it. What's the value oh, of the car? What's the, val what's the value of the car? The value of the car is about like 3000 Really? So I was going to, a 20-year-old 20, a 20 car is 3000 Okay, whatever it is. Well, there's your lawsuit. Okay? Not complicated. Hello, Jen. You're up. Welcome. Hi, Bill. Thank you. My car was totaled, and I want to know um, how I find out if the insurance company's offer is a fair one. Okay, is uh, is is what? Fair. Oh, it's fair. Got it. All right. So, uh, first of all, let's start with the premise that, of course, it's not fair. It's an insurance company. Okay, that's one. You set that one aside for a minute. 
And then okay. they have to give you, or what they should give you, and uh, the law says that they, or the insurance policy that is written says that they're going to give you the fair value of the car. And now you get to argue it's fair value. Real easy. Go to Edmonds or go to Blue Book. That's all. Or you go uh, you go on the internet and you look at Car uh, CarMax or any one of those other uh, any one of those other sites, and you just get as much information. Here's your car. What kind of car was it? What year? What model? Oh, it was a 2002 Camry. A 2002 Camry. So yeah, it's a worth 95 cents. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, so what they, I, you know, I don't even know if you can uh, on Blue Book or Edmonds or uh, CarMax, they, they even buy 2002 uh, Camaros. Uh, how many miles on it? Well, 92. Well, 92,000 is not the end of the world. And it's a Camaro, right? It's a Camry. Oh, Camry. Oh, yeah, that's a terrible car. I thought, you know, Cam Camaros are really wanted. Yeah, yeah, you have a, a car that's worth five, 50 cents. Yeah. Uh, so just start seeing what they'll give you. Just see what they give you. Just argue with them. No, that's not enough. And they'll go, fine, then don't take it. Then go ahead and sue our insured. Or sue us if it's your own insurance company. So uh, that's the problem with these really old cars. Uh, Hank, hello, Hank. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a problem. Um, I was visiting my mom. I slipped and fell. I walk like Forrest Gump, okay? I put my crutch down into a moss bed, and I put my hand up against the wall when, when I was falling. So I took an ambulance ride to the hospital, and this is where I, I don't really care about the what happened at the apartment. They've resolved the issue. Um, my problem is when I went in there, I wasn't wearing a mask. I went through the treatment. I went through the blood pressure. They took me into a separate room, brought me back into the lobby, no mask. Then they took me back in for x-rays, no mask. They put me back in the lobby, no mask. Okay, so you got you got sick, right? You developed some kind of, you got COVID. Is that fair? No, 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 no. Well, I, I, what they diagnosed me with is uh, trigger finger, but... Um, I'm not. I'm not seeking any retribution. Okay. So what, wait, 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 wait. What's so? What's the mask business? What does that have to do with anything? Well, that's that's my point. I, I went through the hospital without the mask. All right. So let's say okay. So they, you went through the hospital. Okay. Here we go. Was there a mask mandate in place at the time? No, sir. Okay. So uh, you went through the hospital without a mask. You weren't injured. There was no mask mandate. What do you want? Well, what I'm trying to say is. Uh, they were going to arrange for a ride back to my place. And the security guard told me I had to wear a mask okay. while I was waiting. And All I right. said, well, I was already, well, hold on, let me finish, sir. I was already, I was already in the lobby like four times without a mask. And then he rolls me out in, into the outside of the, the hospital in a wheelchair leaves me in the cold in the rain this was january 29th in southern california and i got i got out of the chair i got back on my crutches and i walked back in 
he said, you can't come back in without a mask. I said, well, I've already been through the hospital without a mask. What's, right. what's the big deal? Okay, fair then enough. He start, then, then he starts getting physical with ah, me. Ah, okay, hold on, hold on. Up to this point, nothing, okay? Now, okay. he started getting physical with you. Let's take it from and I there. Have all this, I have it on video, Okay, too. what did he do to you getting physical? He pushed me. And he, then he pushed me again. Okay. And did then you... he grabbed, and then he grabbed my phone from my hand, and said, "You're not allowed to videotape here." I said, "I can video record anywhere okay. I want in did, public." Did he keep the phone? No, I snatched it back. Okay. From him. All right. So, assuming all that happened, what would you like? I don't know. What do I have any recourse? No. On this? No, because there's no injury there. You can complain. And you can argue he violated policy, try to get him fired, but you weren't. Well, in I mean, isn't that isn't that assault if somebody yeah, puts your yeah, hand? Yeah, it is. It's assault. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do it. He didn't do it once. He okay. did it twice. You know what? I stand corrected. That's a three million dollar case. Uh, I uh, apologize when saying that was worth nothing. Uh, yeah, you got maybe a four million dollar case. <sighs> Dave, hello, Dave. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, thanks for having me. So <clears throat> my main question is, can a company um, add a clause to their hiring contract, which states uh, you cannot quit within the next few days? No, of course not. Um, they call that slavery. They can? No, of course not. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Dave, that's, awesome. slavery. I... that's slavery. Take out a $5 bill. Uh, see who's on the $5 bill. It's Abraham Lincoln. He's, he signed the Emancipation Wait. Proclamation, and you've got the 13th Amendment, all of which well, the says— The Amendment does not apply to prisoners, though. <laughs> so, like, but I'm not a prisoner, luckily. Yeah, but, um, okay, you know, you're fine. Uh, no, they can't yeah. do that. They cannot. Not even close. By the way, good point. 13th Amendment does not apply to prisoners because you're in jail. All right. I'm glad he—you know, that's a, that's a law school question. Good for him. Hello, John. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. Uh, you're welcome for my call. This is regarding jury duty, which just, I guess, so many different opinions on this. Some people say they get that letter and they throw it in the trash. Yeah, some people do. Happens. Yeah, yeah, some people do. Yeah, I mean, that actually sounds like a pretty good idea. I didn't do that. I called, got an extension. Mm -hmm. And what I was wondering is what happens when you... Um, you just you blow it off, say from now on, I don't okay. do anything about that. All right, fair enough. Do Here's people me. actually go to jail for that? No, no, no. Here's what happens. You'll get another letter. You'll get another letter. Yeah. And uh, then you blow that off because they now have you in the system, and you'll get another letter, and then you're told uh, you have to show up. And if you don't show up, uh, we'll have you. In terms of uh, jury duty, they don't arrest you. What they physically do, they arrest you and place you in the courtroom is what they do because it's jury duty. You got to be there. Uh, but I, I've never heard of any judge doing that. It's a judge who has to make the order, and I've never, ever heard of uh, someone who has blown off jury duty again and again, and they, frankly, after a period of time, uh, they just drop it. Uh, now. That sounds like your suggestion that I just go ahead yeah. and... Uh, uh, well, I'm not telling you to do that. Thing. I'm not telling you to do that, because that's, <laughs> that, that's a legal mandate to, to show up uh, for jury duty. Uh, and your mis right. and your mistake is to have answered and put in the system. If you just ignore it, it's easier for you. But I, you know what? Uh, uh, 
um, you know, it's, it's your duty to show up dirty du jury duty. And yes, they can arrest you and bring you into court. And I've only been practicing law for, well, I've been a lawyer for over 30 years, and I've never heard of that happening. Arlene. Hello, Arlene. Oh, hello. I am calling for an elderly friend. Her parents died with no will, and her sister and brother took it to court, um, to probate court. They got their portion, but they left my friend out. Oh. This happened in 2008. Okay, so there are three there, siblings. It, 2008? Is there any particular reason she's waiting, um, what, 15 years? Um, she went, she's 79 right now. At that time, her husband had passed, and she was just distraught. So yeah. she just thought her siblings would do the right thing. And they didn't, now, and she waited 15 they years. They did not. Yeah, 15 so years here's later something is else to the There's a home that is also in her name that they're not able to sell. So my question is, does she, I, I'm trying to help her because she still has to work and she's 79. Is there any recourse that she can take to possibly even get part of that, get that home sold? Well, the home, um, now, whose name is the home in? All the, um, her and her siblings. Yeah, she can force the sale of the house. She could, okay. She can. It's a, it's a, a partition uh, lawsuit is what it is. She can force the so I'm going to throw a curb to you a little bit. She doesn't want to sue, sue her siblings because of her religion. Is there a recourse? Can we come after the attorney, the no, probate attorney? I don't think we so. Can't. No, I don't think so. And if she doesn't want to sue her siblings, then what is she going to do? And what religion yeah. is it that you can't sue siblings? I, I know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know it. of any religion. I, I don't know of any religion that says you can't sue siblings. I don't either. Okay. Yeah. She's but, just older and set in well, her ways. All right. Well, there's not much you can do about that. You know, 15 years ago, doesn't want to sue uh, to sell the house. I mean, what the hell do you do about that? Oh, uh, let me see who that is. Who's been waiting there a while here? Um, okay, Richard. Hi, Richard. Welcome to Handle on the Law. How's it going? Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Um, so my grandfather passed away about 18 months ago. My aunt, the trustee of the, of the he left us a property between me, I get 80%, my brother gets 10, my little cousin gets 10. Um, she hasn't given, distributed any, there's a renter in the house. We've got no money, but when the taxes come or anything for the insurance, anything comes to the house, I'm liable. She wants me to pay all the, anything that comes out of the house, but I'm not getting any income. Okay, let me ask you this. In the house is generating income? Yes. Okay, and you are, how many beneficiaries are there? Uh, is there a will or a trust here, Richard? A trust. It's a trust, yes. and, and she is the trustee, right? Yes. And yes. she is not distributing anything, okay. Um, but I have to pay everything when a bill comes to the house. Uh, does she pay everything, though? No, I do. Oh, yeah, she well, yeah, this, that's that's pay. crazy. Uh, Richard, get a, get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. Take her to court. How much money are we talking about here? Uh, if the house is paid off, there's about 800000 equity in it. Uh, yeah, you can force the sale of the house. You can do a lot. You're going to need a trust and a well, state lawyer. We yeah. don't want to sell it. Me and my brother. Okay, then, you, but, but, but she has to, uh, if she is running the trust, she has to be equitable about it. She cannot, where's the money go, by the way, uh, beyond uh, payments, beyond any of that? She won't answer those questions. All right, that's when you need a lawyer to write a letter, and she'll believe me, she'll start answering those questions. Because uh, that, based on what you said, that stinks to high heaven, for sure. Uh, Art, hello, Art. Welcome. Hello, Bill. Yeah. Uh, my my daughter is in a situation where uh, she leased uh, an apartment. Now, all three girls are on the lease. 
the problem is one of the girls likes to go on the internet and meet people and she brings home boys home uh they've had many arguments my daughter in her room a second girl and talk to her and say hey stop bringing guys we don't know here this is for us we don't feel comfortable we don't feel safe well girl number three doesn't care she's going to do what she wants to do what are my daughter's options yeah Again, that's all a problem lease. she's on the lease however it's an unsafe environment and I think uh, she is in a position to say, I have to leave the lease, let the landlord know that she's off the lease because the other roommate uh, roommate is uh, making it an unsafe environment that, frankly, you're scared to death. And uh, But that one, see, I'm, I don't do landlord-tenant law, so that one gets kind mm -hmm. of interesting because you, you, you make a point there. Uh, she's on the lease. She is liable for it. Uh, let me ask you, if she just walks out, all right, do the other two keep uh, paying the rent? Or do they walk out too? No, they're they're ready to take over the rent. They want the third girl out. Then let her. Then let, just have the third girl go and say, uh, "Well, she's still going to be on the lease, uh, but they don't have to worry right. about it uh, if uh, they're willing to pay as long as the landlord gets paid until the end of the lease. Well, what, How long is the lease well, for? How long is the lease for? It it, it expires in August. All right, uh, so you got until August. Know. Well, they don't know if she's going to leave. They want her to leave, and they'll take over her payments, but they don't know if she's going to leave. Yes, they may be able to evict her. They may okay. be able to have her removed because she's causing an unsafe environment. Uh, that okay. one, you know what, you, that one you have to research because that one I don't know the answer to. Or you can call okay. a landlord-tenant attorney and just say, hey, I've got a question to ask. Uh, they, mm -hmm. I don't think they'll, you'll be charged for one question or two. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's uh, boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? Now, according to Google, surfing the internet privately, all you have to do is turn on your browser's incognito mode, right? So let me ask you: Do you really think you can trust big tech with solutions to your privacy? Even in incognito mode, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited, and then they can sell that data to advertisers. So let me suggest using ExpressVPN to keep your online data secure and private. What ExpressVPN does is reroute your connection through a secure encrypted server so your internet service provider can't see it or track it without really slowing down your service. That's what VPN, ExpressVPN does. Tap one button, you're protected. Express ExpressVPN, the fastest, most trusted VPN on the market, rated number one by Business Insider. So protect your online activity with the VPN that you'll trust to keep your website visits private. I do. Visit expressvpn.com slash handle. That's H-A-N-D-E-L. Get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Expressvpn.com slash handle. Expressvpn.com slash handle. Also, I'm about to lock out, uh, and you know, Rich DeMuro is coming right up. But if you're on the phone waiting, hang loose. I will still take your phone calls off the air. And you can still call in. I mean, we've had a full board the whole uh, show. You can still call in and uh, just wait a couple minutes if it's busy. Because let me tell you how quickly I rip through the phone calls, uh, especially since there are no commercials. And I'll do it for about the next 45 minutes so everybody gets their uh, questions uh, answered. 800-520-1534, 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.